and one way of thinking about what's at stake now is in terms of forms of dreaming, you can say. That, you know, one thing that, that what is called the real world, what is called reality, what counts as reality, is just is a form of uh, collective dreaming. How do we form relations that are the antithesis to relations that we experience as a result of this history that is fundamental, different, constructed in which we respect for now or rest of I guess I'll just say the dream time is mid-ranging. That's what happened in the past, how things come to be. It's what's happening now, and what is to happen in the future. This is a continuing continuing uh, uh, politics of taking. So it really doesn't matter. Each generation of my people are responsible. They're responsible for your time that we're here to do what you can. And then you mentor and hand off to the next generation. It's their time, their future, and we're there to support and they gave me an excellent argument to use the term Indian. They said, in this way, our name is at least a tribute to white man's stupidity, you know. I found the Z-Ross name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here, man. How's it going? That's all okay, right. It's going all right, man. How are you, Ross? I'm good, brother. Hold on. Let me get a little bit of light in here, bro. All right, cool. Yeah, hey, I, th- I know I sent you a link in there. I guess you forgot about it. But anyway, this shit is awesome. All right. Well, well, yeah, we can play some of that at the at the end of the show, I think. Ooh, and I'll, actually, I might, as we mentioned bands, like I might be able to just, I might just throw in like a little sample of uh, of, of some of the band stuff, like while we're talking about it. Sure. You sure. know, yeah. or like as intermediate, like I mean, not in the moment. Like I'll edit it in uh, when I do it. Okay. But, um, okay. Actually, I'll get a list right here so that I can actually uh, pull up a list yeah. um, so that I can know when to. And Andre can just join whenever he wants. Um, right. I'm asking Andre, where the hell are you at? <laughs> that's okay. We had Andre last episode. Oh, okay. That's yeah, cool. Andre, yeah, Andre wants to be a part of it. So I was like, hey, bring him in. And oh, cool. uh, I showed. I said Ross should be a part of this because Ross is, was there at the beginning of it all. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ross is Ross was there at the beginning of it all. He saw it rise. And uh, Oh, you mean like res metal as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would I'd love to hear it like from, from his perspective. This is gonna be this is gonna yeah, be an episode where I just kind of shut up, like, because like I don't know <laughs> shit. I do I do have a band that I could mention because there's like an <laughs> Aboriginal Australian rap metal band called uh, Nocturnal that I thought might be worth bringing up on this podcast, even though it's not like the same scene. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, wait, you've heard of them? I've never heard of them, but I'm just saying indigenous metal transcends all forms, you know what I mean? Well, that's true. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, they're from Exactly, and that's, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of what the podcast is about, so it's a good topic to cover. Yeah, and, uh, and Ross, Ross was there at the beginning of the whole res metal thing, res metal, res metal revolution. Where are you from, Where are you, are you from uh, New Mexico, Ross, or Arizona, or? 
I'm from uh, one of the 19 pueblos here in the southwest, Kiwa uh, Pueblo, which is uh, out to the, uh, the United States. We're known as Santo Domingo Pueblo. You know? Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, um, that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And you watched, uh, like, you watched the metal scene kind of come up, like, within that? Well, 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 the metal scene as as well as you know, the thrash metal scene in general, as well as you know what that thrash metal influence was was to uh, native kids, you know, you know, native mm-hmm. youth at the time, because this was back in eight, 1984. I was 14, you know, back then on the Reds, you know, we didn't really have that much opportunities, you know, like they yeah. do now. You know? But back then, you know, when I first heard fucking uh, Metallica's uh, Motor Breath, and I was like, holy shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, because at that age, I was looking for something to gravitate to, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know just a pissed off kid with, you know, not much opportunities, you know, you know, and, you know, so that kind of music, you know, I was drawn to immediately, you know, yeah. You know. And, you know, that's when I really went with the thrash metal from the 80s, you know, on through what what we see metal, where it's at now, you know what I mean? And also mm-hmm. back back in my day, you know, you know, there was, you know, when, around I was 85, 86, when I was 16, you know, you know, we were jamming, you know, we were jamming covers, mm-hmm. you know, in my friend's garage, you know. You know, so that's how big of an influence it, it was us to me and my friends, you know, and to most people all over re- the reservations, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. you know, Navajo Nation, perfect example, man, they're doing some, you know, some badass res metal, you know, you know, and uh, right now, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're doing it because, you know, it's making people notice, I think, you know, it needs to be known. You know what I mean? That yeah, means. it's a story that's, that, that's got to be told. And I think metal connects with a lot mm-hmm. of people who, you know, relate to that. Like, it's rebellious, but like in a, in a, in, in a different way to the way like punk is. Like, it, it's rebellious yeah, in the yeah. sense that like, like you look around, you look around at your surroundings and you're like, fuck this. Like, right. Yeah, me, me and Ross were saying uh, res metal or native metal, however you wish to call it, um, is the war cry of the ancestors. That's what we call it. Right. And it's funny because res metal, what is res metal? It's, you know, indigenous youth playing angry music. You know, that's what it is, basically. You know? Yeah. I think it has its own sound, its own vibe, its own feel, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely. The the character like kind of creeps into like any like you like one of Jamie's favorite bands, uh, or one of Jamie's favorite bands that that I really liked was was Resistant Culture, and they're like kind of more grindcore, but like they would definitely count as like res metal, right? Yeah, yeah, they're indigenous. They're an indigenous group. You know, I I've got introduced. To resistant culture through Jamie here, you know, you know, because he's, you know, he's really, you know, at the forefront when it comes to that kind of music, indigenous music in particular, you know, which is cool, because like I said, it needs to be, you know, seen and heard, you know. 
Yeah. I remember my band uh, played one venue in Albuquerque one night. I, look, I noticed, if anyone noticed Ross yeah. wearing a Navosa shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he another great Navosa example. Shirt. Yeah, another great example. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, holy shit, I've never seen that shirt before. Yeah. It's a sick shirt. This was back in 2016, pre-COVID, when Nervosa came through Albuquerque, New Mexico. I originally went to see my ladies off, Suspended Girls, the death yeah. metal band from Albuquerque, indigenous too. Three-piece female thrash band, thrash, you know, thrash band. They were going to go on tour with Nervosa, so I never, you know, heard of Nervosa till that night, back in 2016. The original lineup, you know. And it was great. I got to take pictures with him and everything. Man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous of Ross for that. <laughs> you got to meet Fernando. Yeah, I, I got yeah. Yeah, they seem really cool. They're very yeah. cool. Very humble people. Yeah. A suspended is the red metal version of Nervosa. Yeah. Okay. They're pretty. They're popular out uh, here in uh, Albuquerque. Those girls. Then. Now, no, they're most is mostly indigenous, but they're from uh, Brazil, right? Oh yes. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 And it's great to see that women are doing too, man. You know, all over the place. Oh yeah, women are doing fantastic things yeah. in the wrestling scene. And they do it just as hard as as the guys. Oh, know. real hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like when I, when he told me, he showed me that picture of him meeting Fernanda, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yes, I was yeah, and he was over here upset he didn't get a shirt signed. I'm like, you got a picture, that's better. Right, yeah. I'm kicking myself in the butt to this day, because that was the original three piece, the original lineup. I should have gotten them signed this shirt, but I did it. And I should put this in a fucking frame or something because that original lineup is dead and gone, right, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, it's dead and gone, but Preka's still there, so she's like a dime bag of Nervosa. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure, you know. Yeah, she's the uh, dime bag to, ner to Nervosa because, like, the sound didn't change, you know what I mean? Yeah, when yeah, Fernando yeah. And Fernanda and Luana left, you know what I mean? It didn't change drastically. Right. You know what I mean? You know, because that happens, you know, some bands just, their sound just changes drastically when they, a new lineup happens. With Nervosa, it didn't happen. But yeah. I'm glad. But, right. yeah, resistant culture, you know what I mean? Like those guys, without them, the colonizers would have never got off the ground. Because I was talking to them. Remember, man? <laughs> yeah, I think that was the main. I think that was the main uh, influence we were going with. Um, because like yeah. my yeah, I didn't have a lot of experience playing bass. So I mean, grindcore was kind of uh. relatively <laughs> simple, like hardcore style to learn. Yeah. Yeah, and we all. Almost met them, didn't we, Matt? <laughs> oh yeah, no, you were, we you were talking to them. We came, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, we came close. Yeah, um, we're gonna go up and see them in, in Philly. Yeah, and but then everything, them. everything got everything. Some had everybody COVID had COVID hit. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But or I guess COVID wasn't you like, know, like, like, like we kind of fizzled yeah, out a little bit before yeah. COVID. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I told Matt, I said, I told Matt all the time, I said, once the decolonizer, always a decolonizer. Yeah. That's right. because, <laughs> because um like resistant culture, you know, without them, I wouldn't have wanted to talk about indigenous issues because they really they're that band that really pushed for like indigenous resistance lyrics. You know, they've yeah. been around for yeah. 30 years, you know. And that's why that's what made me interested in them. You know, that's what really got me into indigenous metal, res metal, native metal, you know. Right. And from there, it just began, you know, me just looking for any band that had indigenous themes, you know, going on. And then next thing you know, I'm adding Chani, Frankie, and then finally I get to you, Ross. <laughs> you know, so you know. I, I'm very great. I'm glad, you know, the creator, you know, I me mean, introduced me to that band because I almost gave up music, you know, at one point, you know, right. because I didn't, you know, everyone kept telling me, oh, you know, you're writing the devil shit and all this and that. And, you know, then 2013, that whole Native American Bloody Roots podcast pops up, episode pops yeah. up. And when I heard Resistance Poetry, yeah. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I heard that. I heard that broadcast, and it was very inspiring for sure. You know, you know, it's about time. You know, they shine the light on indigenous metal and indigenous music in general. Yeah. You know? yeah. That roots, bloody roots, was a sepulchre cover, right? Or was it? Yeah. That's yeah. Well, yeah. The original, yeah. But sepulchre is also like has like. Some indigenous themes in their music, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, they hung out. With, they hung out with a South American tribe. Um, yeah, during the that's what I heard. Album. Yeah, for that recording. Uh huh. There's pictures and footage of that on YouTube. And you can that album was inspired, you know, by where they were at that time. You know what I mean? And it's a great album, I think, in my opinion. You know. Yeah, it is, it is like if you don't, if you cast out the idea that new metal exists, if you listen to the song and think of it like an indigenous tribal metal album, you would hear like the dance rhythms of the indigenous tribes in the rhythms of separate tribes. Oh, yeah. Roots out. Yeah, man. Yeah, I see. You'll hear it. You know, that's, that's where that sound comes from. Right. You know, that sound isn't just isn't it isn't just thrash metal. It's just it's indigenous metal music yeah. with indigenous rhythms. You know what I mean? Because that's a where very it organic, like earthy sound. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a form of expression too. You know, you know, in a sense that you know, you know, you're getting your uh, your uh, feelings out. You know, through through metal and through the lyrics, you know, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, it's just another outlet of, you know, being mad at the world, you know, at that point. Calling attention to real issues. 
you know. And it touches on, yeah, like you mentioned there, Matt, it touches on real issues too, man, on what's happening in the world, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's tough all over, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, change never happened for the net, for the indigenous people, indigenous struggle, you know what I mean? It never ended, it just continued. And just, right. and the media just kind of like avoided talking about it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and as a result of that, you know, some bands, you know, some kids, when they discover, you know, metal bands like Sep like Soulfly, Sepultura, yeah, Rosa and all them, you know, they, they, you know, gravitated towards those bands. You know, they were like, you know what, I'm going to talk about my everyday struggle. Like, what's it like on the res? What my people go through do this heavy music and put my middle finger up to authority and raise my fist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and to me, like, it brought it into the forefront of like, you know, the listener's conscious. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, being a metalhead and and you know, is a culture in itself too. You know, kind of like its own tribe yeah. to a point. Uh, because back in '84, you know. I was walking around the Reds wearing player shirts and whatnot and being looked down upon because, you know, you know, because I'm, I'm listening to heavy metal, you know, which is satanic and all that other shit. So, you know, I heard it all. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now, you know, and I'm still, you know, I, I still sing metal. I still wear heavy metal t-shirts and it's not a trend, you know. No, it's you know, not. It's a lifestyle. I, I think, you know, it's a it's a culture in itself, you know. Yeah. I truly believe, you know. And I think that's what connects a whole lot of people, man, you know. Yeah, yeah no, anyone would. Um, and then that that provides um, your opportunity to um, uh, share that experience with the, the rest of the metal scene. Yeah. In a, in a language that they speak, in a language that they're they're willing to hear it in. Right, and some of the new stuff that Blood Wolf's doing is going to have more, you know, more of my people's language infused into the metal. You know, you know? yeah, that's great. And a lot of, and I noticed that a lot of metal bands, indigenous metal bands, are starting to do that. You know, right, 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 their own in their own, you know, language to metal. You know. And I think that's really cool, you know, because metal is universal, you know, you know, in my opinion. I agree. Um, I feel like, you know, the bands bring in their indigenous language into the, the extreme music or whatever style of metal they do. I feel right. like they are preserving the language through the extreme music, the heavy metal music. You know, like yeah. I'm a big advocate for indigenizing music by bringing the language in and like throwing ain't throwing English in like the trash can. Yeah, that's like reviving the language. Yeah. Keep keeping the language alive, you know, for the for the in the for the youth that are coming up, you know. You yeah. know, every you know, because at that age, you know, pre-teen teens, you know, you're looking some you know, you're looking you're looking to belong to something, you know. That's when a lot of yeah. That's, that's a lot of that's when a lot of kids go wrong, man, because they end up like, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, you know. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so music is, you know, it's just another great, you know, outlet, you know, for kids to go to, you know what I mean? Yeah, music is the relatively, like, in, in itself, it's, it's like, peaceful. It's a peaceful outlet for um, uh, all that angst. Definitely. Indeed, um, I know for me, growing up, I was an angry kid. I got in fights all the time at school. So finding metal, you know, it's just kind of like, like, hey, this is, hey, you don't belong. We don't belong either. Come join our club. You know, right? Yeah, no, it's an it's an island of, of of misfits. It's it's a it's a great um uh kind of like bonding, like uh yeah, like bonding um right right uh, experience. I think like being in a mosh pit together. Oh yeah, man! You know, you're walking <laughs> down the street, you see somebody on the other side of the street wearing a Slayer shirt and you yell Slayer, Slayer. Yeah. and he goes back and that's cool, you know, that's the culture, you know. Yeah. You know, other people are just, oh, these guys are crazy, you know, man, you know, it's just the way we do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So okay. it's, oh, yeah. it's music for, it is a music for, uh, you know, you know, the estranged and the misfit, whatever, you know what I mean? It's, you know, yeah. yeah, metal doesn't discriminate. You know what I mean? That's the great. Yeah, that's the great thing about it is that right. it, it is a scene that's kind of open for all types of weirdos. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the long we got a place for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You know, and I feel like you know, metal is very accepting of indigenous languages coming into music as opposed to like mainstream music. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. You know, I don't think you're ever gonna hear, uh, you know, you know, mainstream pop artists singing in, you know, indigenous language. You know what I mean? Because that's not the flip. And if they do, it would merely only be for like a gimmick. It wouldn't. Right. Be right. Serious. Yeah. You know, most of most of them mainstream. The artists, you know, you know, they are told what to sing, what to wear, you know, how to, yeah, how to speak. I don't know what the fuck, you know. So, you know, and that's just the great thing about metal because it goes against all about, you know, that belief. You know, it goes against that. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. You don't have to, you know, conform. You know, to be happy. You know. Oh yeah. You know. And, um, you know, it's like, um, yeah, like semi can, for example, they got on serious XM liquid metal and they're all the way from Mexico yeah, and they're yeah. over here dressing up in regalia. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big deal to me. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's Let definitely big for, for a band like that, you know, you know, and they they write some pretty heavy music, you know, but they sing it through their their indigenous language and and they dress, you know, how their ancestors did, you know. And they're, they're pretty they're pretty intimidating, man, when you when you when you watch it, man. But you know, that's another example of, you know, showing culture, you know, and being yeah. out, you know. Yeah, no, a lot of it really is very deliberately evoking a sort of like war cry and like war stance 
Um, yeah. Which I think it's yeah. I think metal can like really as, as a genre, metal uniquely brings that through. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Alien Weaponry, you know, they brought the Maui language into music. And oh yeah. Music. There's yeah. another temple, another great band. I actually got to see them live, guys. They were playing uh, in Gallup at, at, a, at, a, at a club called the Juggernaut. You know, we Blood Wolf played there before my band played, but we weren't playing that night. We just went to go see Alien Weaponry because they were, you know, they were being a big stink on uh, liquid metal. So I wanted to go check them out live. So I made the trip. It was about an hour and a half west. And uh, went, got to the club, took some pictures with the guys, and they're pretty, pretty nice guys. And they put on a hell of a show. It was great. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I would love to be in that show. I think was that last year? No, no, that was pre-COVID. Yeah, that was pre-COVID. Okay, so it was like late. Was it late? Twenty nineteen. I I would say about twenty eighteen, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. It was that first album, man, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's a great album, by the way, man. You gotta check it out. Yeah, uh, which, which, which album? Alien Weapon is, um, which one? Yeah, just... Your debut album. Yeah, oh, the debut album. Oh, okay, was it self-titled? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's called Two. Uh, wait, the debut album is called Two? Like no. T U. Oh, okay. Like I was gonna say. Uh -huh. I forgot the name of the title. It's something. It's something in Maui. That's all I'm gonna say. Just put Alien Weaponry. You just click on the first first album. <laughs> okay. Cool. Or any album. Just play one of, play one of their songs, you know. Right. Um. Hey Ross, when was the first time you heard a res metal band come out of any of the reservations? Any other reservation? Yes. Well, well, let me answer that question. Uh, let me see. Let me set this up real quick. You know, uh, I guess it was, I believe it was 1985. I was 15 at the time. And my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, Shannon, um, her uncles played in a band, you know. So I would go check them out and they'll be practicing at the house. So, so. So, you know, res metal has always been around. It's just never was called that. You know what I mean? It's like it wasn't you know, like the mainstream. It was well, yeah, I mean, it's still not you know, mainstream, but it, you, know. you know, everything 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 has a name now. You know what I mean? You know, res metal, yeah. eat metal, death metal, you know, whatever. You know, but anyways, yeah, you know, a lot of there was a lot of bands playing, you know, on reservations, you know, you know, long before Res metal was popular, popular, you know, a popular term, you know. Like I say, I think res metal is just, you know, indigenous youth, you know, making angry music, you know what I mean? You know, just angry at the world, the system, whatever, you know. I know I was, you know, you know. Mm -hmm. you know I, so. I agree, you know. Like, I wish, you know, you know, where I come from, you know, it's just a, you know, it's an indigenous hip-hop scene, but none of the kids really talk about indigenous issues. They're just kind of stuck in that gangster imagery world, you know? And, you know, I wish often, you know, that they would talk about indigenous issues a lot. Right, yeah, that's, that's a, another big influence on, on indigenous youth is the rap, you know what I mean? And, you know, 
it's like, you know, like I said, you know, kids just look into, you know, you know, to belong to something, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm sure it, it does provide like, an like, because, I mean, rap is literally like, you know, it's, it's a lyrical centered genre. So I'm sure there there is some really conscious stuff out there. Uh-huh. Um, oh, there, there he is. Especially, yeah, it's not, like, it's not all going to be. Out on, out on this end, like on the Southwest, there's more of the indigenous resistance rap, but on the East Coast, it's not so much. Yeah. Like, it don't exist on the East Coast. It's on the West Coast. That's where the West Coast, South Dakota, and all them up north in Canada, that's where all the in, indigenous rap, mm-hmm. rap on... Lyrics, you know, best rappers come from, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's because of their involvement in a culture, you know what I mean? I feel like. Yeah, I I guess that's generally true because, like, out east, it's not as. um, Well, I don't know. I guess is organized the right word? Like, it's it's more like. um, Well, everyone's more colonized and Christianized. Yeah. That's, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. That's beyond yeah. repair. Mm-hmm. Beyond repair. Well, I don't, I don't want to say beyond repair, but like, yeah, it's, um, I mean, they were colonized first, right? And they were obviously. Yeah. Yeah. The, the East Coast was colonized first. Yeah. But, so. you know, with the wet, the East Coast, you know, you know, the, the kids don't really care, you know, and that's sad, you know, and I feel like a lot of it has yeah. to do. With the whole, uh, yeah. elite, you know, the whole colonizer game. Some of these, some of, my, some of the tribes play, you know, especially with some of these kids. They'll make certain kids feel like, oh, they're more indigenous than the other one because their their part family member is a dancer that goes up and down the power highway, or oh, or, yeah. you know, they're heavily into the tribal politics and all that, and it, it's just terrible. And mm-hmm. uh, I hate it. You know, I faced, a lot, I faced a lot of opposition for, you know, doing heavy metal, you know, you know, especially when I talked about bringing my language into it. They thought I was crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, we, you know, you know, we get, you know, you know, one one time I remember out here in Santa Fe, uh, beautiful place, by the way, a tourist trap. You know, I was I was walking around with my wife Shannon, and I was wearing my Slayer shirt, right? And out of nowhere, this Christian lady comes out, and and you know, just starts going off on me. You know, that I'm going to hell, and mm-hmm. listening to Slayer and that kind yeah, of music. All that shit you heard before. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, it was just so funny. I mean, I, you know, it, it's you know, it, I heard it too much that you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't hear. I didn't even react, you know. It's like it was just too funny. Yeah. I just, you know? Well, I, I mean, metal just has fun with that imagery too, like because right. they know yeah. that, that whole, they know that there's an animosity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know when I got into it, you know, I used to worry like crazy about that shit. You know, I used to get anxious to get down about what they say about me. Then, you know. Right. After a while, I just learned to embrace it and just be like, you know what? I actually look forward to scaring the living shit out of all y'all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun. You know, I look forward to like making the, the you know, real Christian native people population, you know, 
faint and throw Bibles at me. I look forward to that. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? I look forward to it. Right. But, um, you know, that's something, you know, if you do res metal, you got to like learn to overcome. I think the key, you know, to like overcoming the fear, you know what I mean, being you know, persecuted against is um, realizing what your message is, knowing yeah. what your message is, you yeah. know. Well, you're Finding speaking up for all your message. people. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you have a message, you know, which you're, which you're, which you're playing and all, uh, you're doing indigenous metal, then, you know, you don't have nothing to fear. You know, you don't have nothing to worry about, and, uh, you know, for too much, pretty much because, you know, you got a good message, you know what I mean? It's just, a, it's just not appealing to them. You know, they don't understand the music, but you have a good message. And that, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's the same as like, like my parents didn't really get like, like our band when we were doing it. Um, but they, you know, they kind of at least they, they at least understood like, well, you know, this resonates to some people. This is not. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. And it's good yeah. to have a lot of different Rock, platforms yeah, and a lot of different genres to speak to people. Yeah, Matt, Matt brought in anarchism to decolonize. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he, he told me how anarchism and, you know, he was talking about communism, how that connects to indigenous culture, you know, and that and it's all about yeah. that sense of community, that yeah. sense of community, everyone working together. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, to me, you know, like he told me all that, I was like, you know, this is actually perfect for the colonized, you know, because we want, you know, a village, we want everyone to work together, you know, we want everyone to thrive together. Like yeah. plant growing in that garden outside you got up there. <laughs> you know, so that's you know that's what it is. You know, Nazism and fascism is kind of like surprisingly not all that different. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's 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 you know it's you know the world you know the world's fucked up as we know you know and you know we're just all trying to ride this thing out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what our songs are about. You know, we're raising our fist against all that shit, you know? Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so, Ross, what do you think, uh, which band do you think um, triggered, you know, triggered Res Metal to like blow up? Um, which band? I, uh, definitely the thrash metal scene was a big influence on res metal. You know, the 80s thrash growing up, you know. I know when I was going to high school, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my uh, kids from my uh, village, my Pueblo, you know, were, you know, strumming guitars and shit. That's how big of an influence metal was in my community, you know, and I'm sure it's no different, you know in every other indigenous community, you know. So I think, you know, you know, my influence began with definitely Metallica with the Kill 'em All album, but you know, the res metal, you know, I you know, growing up, I don't know if you heard these bands, they're all indigenous bands. There's a band called Exit, you know, an all indigenous group out from the seventies, you know, my uncle listened to them and they played like hard rock and stuff like that. 
Mm. You know, they had red bone, you know, everybody knows, come and get your love, that's all. You know, yeah. that's another indigenous band, you know. So, uh, you know, you know, those, those, I think, you know, were kind of the influences that, you know, that, you know, that these native guys are doing it. You know, I want to do that too, you know. You know, but I think the first uh, indigenous band I probably... Oh man, that's a tough question, though. There's uh, a song, uh, the song on my mind that I feel like, I, uh, uh, like I don't know if we should get it out in front or like probably everybody knows it, but like Rumble. Right, oh, right. Oh yeah, Lee Gray. Yeah, yeah Lee yeah. Gray. I, yeah, there's, 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 there was plenty of influence out there, you know, for for youth at that time, you know, you know, whatever band or style of music inspired you to pick up an instrument or the microphone, you know, you know, you know, yeah, when I found time, you know, you know uh, how about you, James? What's huh? Who Who you say? Start, Who's start, uh, singing? singing music? And, yeah, music. Yeah. Uh, bands that influenced me to do the whole, do go indigenous, you know, my metal, you know, is, you know, one resistant culture, Nervosa, Testament, and oh, yeah. yeah, Testament, of course. And I would have to say, um, um, like the thrash bands, you know, a lot of the thrash bands were politically charged, a lot of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like Havoc and all them. Havoc. Yeah. Um, uh-huh, and then, What's another band? You know, and then like uh, some of the punk bands, you know what I mean? Like I like the punk aspect to like indi- to net res metal, like the whole DIY thing, you know? And yeah, yeah. Also, also discovering, you know, the black metal scene and how it relates to resistance, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, when I learned, you know, that the church burnings wasn't just because of the whole like satanic scare back in the 90s, 80s, and 90s, it was, you know, retribution against that church that was built on top of a sacred site. And to me, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, remember we were talking about the Pueblo Revolt? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, like, you know, when I, when I, when like seeing, you know, them burn that down and then when I was flipping through that, through Indian Eyes book and discovering that picture of, your people dismantling a church and burning it down and hanging a priest. I'm like, holy shit, black metal's been around a lot longer than we thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's some black metal shit, for real. Well, that's why I was telling, you know, is, you know, I was telling uh, this this lady in one interview I did a couple years back, you know, uh, I told her, well, the, the Pueblos were the first church burners, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah. And, you know, that's that's just another sign of, you know, just another example of resistance, you know, uh, oppression, you know, and that's fucking metal as fuck, I think, you know. Yeah, definitely. Hey, if you want to, you tell, us, tell us about the Pueblo Revolt. Tell us about it. The Pueblo Revolt? Uh, yeah. Let's see. This well, definitely yeah. had a major influence on the Pueblo bands. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that Pueblo revolt had to happen because 
you know, the, it was threatening the Pueblo people's way of life, my ancestors, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole state of New Mexico was, was Pueblo land. They had, you know, pre-colonization, you know, the, there, were, there were more than 100 different Pueblos scattered throughout New Mexico. You know, after colonization, we're only down to 19 Pueblos. So, you know, you do the math, talk about, you know, you know, race, you know, you know, eradication, so to speak, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. Because coming, you know, from, from a big, you know, metropolis, you know, so to speak, like that down to 19 Pueblos today, that shows you how big of an impact colonization had on the Pueblo people as well as all over, you know, this country, Turtle Island, United States, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, and so that had to happen, you know, because, you know, the Spain, Spain came up through South America. They conquered all the indigenous tribes coming up through Mexico, Peru, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they came, came up to, you know, through New Mexico you know, where our ancestors lived and colonized them, you know, turned them, you know, into slaves and, you know, you know, made them, you know, you know, forget their ways and, you know, bow to a cross, you know. Mm-hmm. And basically all ceremonies and language was forbidden, you know, to be, you know, to be done, you know. You can't speak your language, you can't sing the songs. But everything with the Pueblo people had to do with the songs, because the songs were like prayers, you know, to keep yeah. the earth in balance, you know, to keep the rains coming. So during that 80-year colonization from Spain, you know, there was a long drought because, you mm. know, there was no prayers being offered. And there's no, wow. you know, you know, songs, songs sung, you know. So... So imagine 80 years of being, you know, you know, and throughout the Pueblos, you know, you know, the uh, conquistadors, the Spain, Oñate, he was a, a Spanish conquistador. He was a bad man to the Pueblos, you know. Yeah. You know anyways, you know, you know, the Spain came in, erected churches, converted the Pueblo people to Catholic Catholics. And it was that way for 80 years, you know. So there was definitely, you know, losing the, they were definitely aware that they were losing their way of life. So that Pueblo revolt had to happen. So, so Pope, he's one of the 19 Pueblos left. Uh, uh, he's a Pueblo called from uh, Oke Owinge, which is called uh, uh, San Juan Pueblo, you know you know, on, on the mats. So he was, he was kind of like a holy man, I guess uh, a medicine man, you know, and, and he was, he was caught by the Spanish soldiers and whipped for, you know, speaking his language and still telling his people, you know, the stories and the songs. So he was kind of like labeled as a blasphemer. So he was, he was punished, you know, yeah. So he had a vision, you know, about the Pueblos uniting and uprising and overthrowing the uh, 
the uh, Spanish invaders, you know, and and with a lot of prayers and the great spirits, you know, giving him visions, he organized one of the first successful revolts here in America, you know, from indigenous people. So, uh, yeah, so he sent out two runners from uh, from uh, San Juan Pueblo to all the Pueblos, you know, with knotted cords and corn, you know. So each time these runners would come to the Pueblo, they would deliver the message, you know. And and with that message, they got, got a corn, which is very important, uh, uh, a symbol in Pueblo culture, you know, that's a staple, yeah. you know, for the Pueblos who are farmers. Anyways, so, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so, and along with the corn was a knotted cord, you know, and there were like, I believe four knots on it. So each pebble was told, you know, each day the sun comes up, untie the knot, untie a knot. And on the last, last sunrise, you untie the last knot. That's when the uprising will begin. So everybody, you know, once untied it, that last knotted cord on that, that morning of 1680, you know, August 10th, 1680, you know, it was on, bro, you know, you know, um, Pueblo's uprose, killed all the Franciscan priests, you know, the, the Spanish settlers, the uh, soldiers chased them out of, you know, what is now known New Mexico, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, each Pueblo has its own history, its own story, because, you know, every Pueblo was involved in the revolt. So, you know, everybody did their part in their own own uh uh you know villages you know yeah this, this, so it was really well coordinated yeah well coordinated well fought brutal you know so that was one of the songs that inspired my band blood wolf to write which is entitled 1680 and it takes place in the heat of the battle you know you know so i try to put myself where the ancestors were at the time when this thing blew up you know and it was on you know and so that's just kind of my interpretation of, you know, of, of the battle, you know, where the Pueblos uprose and defeated the Spanish kingdom, you know, and ousted them here out of, out of New Mexico for 20 years successfully, you know. Do you want to use that one as the, as the outro song? Yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 I just wanted to, I'm not, I'm not cutting out now. I'm just, I'm just, okay, yeah, that, that, that'll work 1680 from Blood Wolf. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's a classic right there. Yeah. So definitely, you know, res metal is, is influenced, of course, by, you know, where you come from and your, your bloodline, you know, your, 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 your pride, so to speak, you know. And, you know, that, you know, each of us, you know, indigenous or, indigenous or not, we're warriors, you know what I mean? We're warriors, we're, we're you know, surviving, you know, every day, you know, even yeah. now. You know, so you guys keep it up, man. <laughs> you know, keep surviving. Because, yeah, sure. mm -hmm. like, you know, 
I wanted to, I brought the, the Pebbler boat up because I feel like that's why like a lot of these bands, you know, especially in the Pebbler community, resonate with black metal. Because there's a huge black metal scene around the res metal circle. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, I think the wars and stuff, you know what I mean? You know, very you know, wherever tribe you come from, like, you know, some of these black metal bands, you know, they're Apache, you know, they might look up to Geronimo or Victoria or then, and then like the Navajos, they look up to Manuelito, and then right. Peblos, you know, when they look up to Pope. Oh Pope yeah. Pope. And all the other warriors that were involved, you know, and you know they connected it all together, you know, with colonialism and Christianity, which are like two, you know, two things that go together. You know, yeah. what I mean, they're like they're like a um, you know ch chocolate swirl cheesecake. You know, Christianity. I, is like I, I don't think I don't think colonialism or Christianity are nearly as tasty as that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, more like demands, man? I don't know, like uh, like piss and diary. I don't know. This is just <laughs> gross. Yeah, but, yeah, um, no, what are some good? What are some good um, black metal bands from around there? Uh, you good think black of metal bands. Uh, there's a there's a death metal band I'm really into. Uh, the the lead singer is out of uh, San Diego Pueblo here in New Mexico. One of the 19 pueblos. And they're called I E Y E, like I. There's a death metal. They're doing they're doing real good music out there. And uh, Jamie, you know of any you know other indigenous black um, metal around around you know the Navajo Nation and stuff homeland, like that. Homeland, mm -hmm. homeland, fourteen ninety two. yeah, homeland fourteen ninety two, mutilated tyrant. Oh, there's another uh, 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 indigenous uh, metal band out of Dulce, in New Mexico that I had the pleasure to play with a few times. It's called uh, uh, Decapitation of a New Day. They're Apache, a three-piece, you know, and they're doing some good stuff. I think they have some stuff out on some of the popular uh, uh, outlets like Bandcamp, YouTube. Yeah, Decapitation of a New Day, they're from Apache. You know, I, out of uh, uh, Sandia, Pueblo, and, and uh, yeah, you guys, I'm pretty sure you can find them on Facebook, they have pages. And, yeah. Uh, sure, you check out Blood Wolf too on, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Another good band is uh, Six Million Dead. Remember I said, gave you the album, at? Oh, yeah. God, Greed, and Genocide. Forgot, yeah, I forgot about that name. Yeah, they're good things. It's, it's good to see it back when, back, back when, back when in my day, you didn't hear about indigenous metal, but now it's just great that it's coming out and it's busting down some doors, you know, hopefully, you know, more doors to be busted down, you know, and it's great to see indigenous music. There's some good stuff coming out of Hawaii, good stuff yeah. coming out of the you know, indigenous, all indigenous music and and check it out, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, Hawaii, like I remember on Metal Cave discovering that Hawaiian black, black and thrash band and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, like, what are they, do you remember what they're called? I forget what they call it. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a... 
Yeah. I'll send you the band, man. <laughs> but okay, they're yeah. they're just awesome. And they uh, and they did like a two part concept album on the history of Hawaii. And another good band, um, it's Pan American Native Front. And oh look, Andre's yeah. joining. Hey, Andre's it's here. Andre. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's Andre. But at least they never right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he finally showed up. <laughs> Andre, do you have some good uh, res metal bands to recommend? Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. Sweet. Hello, everyone. So, uh, That's Ross from Blood Wolf. Cheers. Yeah. Andre, what are some of your favorite res metal acts? Um, There's my... Uh, Homies in San Carlos, Lifeless. They're one of my, my favorite, uh, like Death Thrash. Oh, um, there was Enemy Machine. I haven't really listened to them much, but they were they were they were uh, like one of the OG bands to first pop up out there. Uh, I liked Coyote. They were sick. They're like uh, Apache punk metal band. Sweet. Uh, Requiem was was another sick one. That's my homie Pedro Pedro's band. Uh, they're like uh, like ska mixed with like punk and mm. like, uh, stuff like that and like crust. Yeah. Right. yeah, there's a lot. There's so many good res metal bands. Yeah, man. Like you know, like I said, you know, it, it's great. You know that res metal is kind of making a buzz now. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, what was the punk one you mentioned? Uh, Coyote with a K. Coyote with a K, that's good. Okay. Sorry, I'm just writing these down so I can like go back to them later. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's a lot of black metal bands out there too. Um, I'm trying oh, yeah, to we're, out on the name. Yeah. I remember there's a song, a song called Zeke. It's like called Mountain. That's like a really good one. But I don't remember the band's name. I need to look it up on YouTube. Uh, yeah, um, one band that like really makes me proud and happy because they're writing about Eastern Wilderness shit, and that's uh, Pan American Native Front. Yeah, they're um, like, like I love that you know he's you know he's paying tribute to like the Woodlands heroes because a lot of the Woodlands heroes like Little Turtles and Concert, you know they're underrated. You know people forget they exist. You know. Yeah, yeah. And to me, you know, I feel like a lot of the res metal bands, you know what I mean, are these like old leaders who died, you know, who died trying to unify everyone together, you know, to stop the invasion, you know. These bands are their dreams, their hopes and dreams manifesting. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, I get that. That's, that's how think, got me into into writing about these topics in my in like my own music, just kind of like channeling that 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 spirit of resistance. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so like that's what like I see, you know. What I mean, that's why like I did that whole like Tecumseh painting, had him all punky and metal looking. Yeah. With that with that jacket and the spikes and all that. Because yeah, you know, I, I feel so. like if Tecumseh, if Tecumseh, Popeye, Manuelito, T T T Tupac, Amaru, 
Tupac, Katari, Michaela Bastidos, or whatever, how do you ever say her name? Um, all these various leaders, like Lozen and all of them, I feel like they would very much be a huge fan of, of Rez Metal. Definitely the spirit of it, yeah. But they would love it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, for sure, you know? Because yeah. cause to me, that's what I see in the music, you know what I mean? Like, I see the past and present, mm-hmm. you know, fighters, you know what I mean? Voices being amplified through the distortion, the tormented screams, the growling, the yeah. high-fall screams singing and all that, you know? Like, I hear that, you know? It does, it definitely generates a kind of visceral reaction um, mm-hmm. in, in the listener. So you do feel kind of like you're in like your your heart's like um gone, gone to fight or flight like you're in a battle right oh for sure yeah. you know like ross like do you have, like when you listen to res metal bands right do you ever get chills down your spine like yes it's like resonating with your soul like you know like you feel like the ancestors speaking through the music to you uh huh. Definitely, definitely. Uh, one of like, there's a show we played out in Gallup here in New Mexico, Navajo Nation, uh, at that place called I was mentioning earlier. Uh, excuse me, the Juggernaut, and uh, mm-hmm. it was it was a benefit show, and um, it was a uh, big lineup. You know, there was probably about ten bands on there, and and we were. And we were, it started like around five, five and eight, you know, 5 p.m. And we were scheduled to go on at eight. So I had time to just stay out there in the crowd and watch, you know, from, you know, you know, at the front, I was up at the front stage and watching, you know, the undercard play. And it was very inspiring, bro. Definitely, you know, seeing, you know, you know, these guys for, pour their heart and soul into into their instruments and you know and, and the war cry coming out from from the uh, PA was you know it, you know definitely a different vibe for sure you know it's, it's inspired it's inspiration in itself you know Andre just mentioned Morbithory Morbithory yeah. yeah I don't I've heard of them I don't know if they're I know there's some bands in the like res metal scene that like kind of you know embrace more of the satanistic aspect, of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the dark side of like indigenous spirituality. I know there's mm-hmm. some that have, and um, uh, you know, and you know, to those that have, you know, I just say be careful, <laughs> be careful, mm-hmm. be careful what you mess with, you know, definitely, because um, like me, you know. I used to be interested in like dark shamanism, the dark shamanic side of indigenous spirituality. Uh-huh. But I got out of, I got, my interest changed away from that mainly because of the fact that I'm like, if I get into this shit, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, I just don't want to get into something that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I'd rather write about like the indigenous issues, the political side of, of you know yeah. the indigenous struggle than go into the spiritual side because I didn't grow up traditional. Yeah, for yeah. me, like I study it 
and like I don't practice really that stuff but like I I still like like I study it but I don't because you know it's a part of like kind of reclaiming the lost identity that that a lot of us have and like a lot of it like it is kind of dangerous because like with with my traditions like the the context is missing for like performing these rituals a lot of it's like like you just have to wing it and like you don't you don't know what's uh gonna happen exactly. and like uh it, it is kind of something dangerous to mess with oh the kitty <laughs> but yeah you definitely gotta be careful what like what you you do no you say it wrong yeah what's up guys a black cat Get out of here. Red middle cat. Yeah. Oh, I don't have my cat with me. <laughs> yeah, like, um, like, you know, with the spiritual side of things, you know, like a lot of spirituality, like, especially like you involve a lot of like cannibalism and blood sacrifice, you know, it has to be like updated, you know, because a yeah. lot of traditions are changing, you know what I mean? And yeah. evolving with the times. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you can't do that no more. Well, except like yeah, pro sacrifice. You can. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do animal sacrifice, but you can't do the human pasoli anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, unfortunately not. As much, as much as you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was really Ross. excited about eating people. Ross, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, you know, did you know pasoli used to have human flesh in it? Pasoli? Yeah, and menudo. Yeah, yeah that's like the OG. They they would. It was made with human meat. Like, uh, and there was a lot of. I mean, you can't survive on a human diet, but you. Right. It was like a part of like ceremonies and stuff. <laughs> it's just like, uh, we got evidence for it. It's <laughs> chewing on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the new way to die, Ross. You know, you have a new option, you know, when you pass away, be like, I want my family to eat me. <laughs> feed your feed your family. Feed your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of that red metal is definitely, you know, charged, you know, charged with, you know, just being angry, you know what I mean? You know, not having opportunities. At the time, you know, when I was growing up back in 1984, 85, 86, I was 16 and 86. So at that time, you know, my my community, my village didn't really have that many opportunities. So, <laughs> you know, so metal was something I kind of like gravitated to towards to, you know, because the first time I heard Metallica's Motor Breath, I was like, you know, drawn to it and and, you know. You know, just a sense of searching for something to belong to, you know, or something to claim as your own, you know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely Red Metal is charged with a lot of, you know, you know, anger, oppression, you know, traumas like suicide, drug addiction, alcoholism, you know, mental health, you know, everything, you know, if it, it, you know, you know, everyone's human, you know, affects, affects everyone, you know sure mm -hmm. like um like res metal especially black metal like black and in black and res metal ever got 
to Pine Ridge. You imagine how much music will come out of there? Oh yeah, man. You know, like it needs to go there. You know what I mean? Like I would. I remember me and you were talking about doing a res metal crusade. We're gonna go over to go over to Pine Ridge and play for them and bring some albums and bring a bunch of bands with us. Right. Yeah, it's spreading the love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, I feel like Pine Ridge needs that. You know, especially with the high suicide rate and all that. Oh, and, you know, yeah. I, think all, I think all indigenous communities, you know, they have a high suicide rate. Just bring metal to them. The, the kids, kids will go understand it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. bring, bring the black metal, the depressive black metal. Yeah, you can scream uh, about killing yourself without yeah. actually doing it. Yeah, right. you know, what I mean? express, yeah. express, express the desolation of the reservation. Yeah, it's really cathartic, like like writing about that stuff and it's like therapeutic like getting that stuff out for sure because, like, it, sometimes you feel hopeless like like there's nothing you can do about it like there's nothing like like you can like it seems like really hard you're just like one person and there's all these things around you and you feel powerless to to do anything about it and you you finally uh it's like an outlet or like you can finally like at least do something than just like you know let yourself sink and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah, like that's like like I like it when black when I can hear it when you know when you when you, you ever listen to black metal and you can actually feel the emotions and it just sends chills down your spine. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially yeah. atmospheric stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think Ross like Ross, you got I showed you some black metal and you were sitting there looking at Cult of Fire and you were liking them. Yeah. <laughs> They were pretty sick, man. Wild, bro. Wild, some wild stuff, man. Coming out from there, man, for sure. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and your cat likes the cameo, Andre. <laughs> He's a cool cat. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, I'm happy that, you know, black metal, you know, all kinds of, all, all metal in general resonates with the indigenous population because, like, I moved from North Carolina out here mainly because of the scene, you know what I mean? Because when the colonized, you know, hit the floor, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure what to do, you know what I mean? Because, you know, right. I was like, you know, I need to like restart it somewhere else with a more, with, you know, more like-minded people in a scene where it was more supported, you know what I mean? Exactly. Because like the North Carolina metal scene, it becomes so oversaturated with toxic assholes, you know. Right. right. You know, you know what I mean. That it's just a lot of metal elitism, and everybody was just kind of like, "Don't do this, don't do that." No, you can't write about this, you know. Because mm -hmm. remember all the opposition we faced, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I mean, I didn't. I didn't encounter a lot of it head on it was mostly i was hearing it like secondhand from you and martin who were more in, <laughs> like, directly involved in the metal scene but like yeah it just seemed like the kind of shit that i just wouldn't want to like consume myself with you know mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so you know man you know man you know me and him you know i told him you know he did his, you know he went on he did his like experimental thing you know and you know, and it came out well. Like Matt's got some really cool music. You know what I mean? Something that, if you listen to it, it um, 
it's fun to sit here and pick out things like a wash machine moving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he has wash machine noises in that in his that stuff. All mm. kinds of crazy stuff going on. And it's just fun to pick. Cause I remember, remember we went to Nansamon and you we listened to your whole album. And we gave out the decolonized demo at Nansamon. Cool. Remember, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. And uh, we played, uh, I think, yeah, we played Nervosa on the way back and we played Detura and uh, all the way back from Virginia. And that was fun. But like, uh, but yeah, like the North Carolina metal scene, I had to leave it because, you know, if I'm going to sit, you know, try to make this band come to life, I need to be around more like minded people. And just me and Matt alone, you know, we're both not, you know, we both, we both had difficulty, you know, getting together because, you know, Sometimes Matt wouldn't be able to make it to practice, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. It was a ways out. And, um, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was very hard. So, you know, I just said, you know, let's come, let's come over to New Mexico, you know? And, you know, Ross, you know, Ross stopped me from, from disbanding Decolonized. <laughs> I remember, remember you stopped me? I, I told you, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life if you do that, man. You know what I mean? He told me, he said, the show must go on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, and that's like why I took that leap of faith and came out here, you know, and a lot right. of people are happy I'm out here, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect place to rebuild it, you know, in New Mexico, you know? Yeah. There's a good scene out there. Same with, like, <laughs> AZU. There's, there's a good scene out here. I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be good place to have shows and shit too. Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Have, a bunch of my friends in San Carlos, they always wanted like my old bands to go play, but we never got, got around to it, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, Andre is going to be a part of the new lineup for Decolonized. Yeah, no, cool. yeah. Guitar. Play guitar, right? Yeah. Yeah, back, well, back up. Yeah. Back in vocals, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Ross is gonna help a little bit with the colonizer on bass, so he's gonna help out. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning the bass, so you know, that yeah, can help. I'm gonna do backing vocals for Blood Wolf, so <laughs> nice. I'll do backing vocals for Blood Wolf, so you know, man, <laughs> he, he said he wanted some backing vocals. I said, okay, I'll do some backing vocals oh, for you. Yeah, man, definitely. Nice. Yeah, because um, we were in his car. At the Santa Fe Indian Market, cause me and him hung out the whole entire day at the Santa Fe Indian Market, cause he had that stand up. Like, did you see the pictures, Matt? Uh, I don't think so. Well, anyway, like I sent, uh, he, um, me and him took pictures together. But anyway, we were in his truck, and we were, he was smoking his evening, his his evening delight, as he calls it. <laughs> and we were screaming. Uh, we were. They were doing a whole episode of Bloody of Bloody Roots on the Black Album, and they were showing covers. And we were screaming uh, Dark Tranquility's cover of My Friend of Misery. Oh man, that was just uh, our voices went well together. So I, you know, I think it's a good thing that me and him like kind of to hear it. Yeah, do backing vocals together because me and him, we always talk about collaborating. Don't we, Ross? Yeah, we will. We will one of these days. Pandemic lit up. Yeah. You know? Because, like, because me and him got your voices complimenting each other, you know what I mean? Because he got that, 
He got that snake voice. He's got that snake, but I got that real Chris Barnes kind of voice. That that real crunchy Chris Barnes, like I'm from hell yeah. voice. And Ross sounds like he's pissed as hell about to chop someone's head off. <laughs> All you gotta do is listen to instrument, Matt. Yeah. Instrument. What do you play? What do I play? I I'm kind of half-assed at everything. I I kind of like sort of know how to play a bunch of different instruments. Oh, that's cool. Fuck yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah I have a lot of love and respect for Matt because that dude, he'll sit here, he'll play. He'll, he he's a, he's a guy. He'll just fuck around anything and then he'll figure out how to make it work. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's good about metal too, or music. Oh yeah. You, know? you oh, don't yeah. have to have to you know, follow a, a pattern or notes, you know, you can wing it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, that's like, when we didn't have drummer, you know, and we didn't have a drummer, you know, that's why I got the rattle out because I was like, well, okay, let's be a little bit experimental, you know? So that's why we brought the rattle out, you know? And, uh, cause that was like a percussion instrument. I'm like, well, it's something, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. It'll never take the place of drums, but you know, it's something, you know what I mean? Just to kind of keep a rhythm going. Well, you, you know? can keep a rattle on your drum set. Oh, for, oh yeah. Oh, yeah keep, I, I'm curious about how you, how, if we, if you could make a blast beat out of a rattle by hooking various little rattles up to the drum set. So that way, when you know. hit it, the rattle shake when you hit I'm the drum from the vibration. And it's something to try, you know what I mean? It's something to try, you know? Uh, for sure, you know, because I know me and Ross were talking about how, like, Matt's Cavalera brought tribal instruments into Soulfly. And, you know, I was, you were saying, you know, like, Matt's Cavalera, you know, I mean, he, you know, like, me, remember, remember my I don't give a fuck philosophy, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, seeing Matt's Cavalera do this, that, and you know, all these other bands like Slipknot, uh, Simi Can, Resistant Culture, kind of just, bringing things that people that elitist and purists would be like, no, right. No, to you know what I mean? And you know yeah. I me, mean? like I look at those bands that really took a leap of faith and brought indigenous instruments into the sound or whatever instruments like industrial or whatever, you know, with all these various forms of metal that have come up over the past 20 years, you know, I look at them as the ones that are, um, Making themselves and I feel like the ones that stand out are the ones that go far, you know? Yeah, I mean all genres grow and change over time. Like they should. For sure. For sure. Like the next stage in res metal, you know, as Ross mentioned, you know what I mean, is languages. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's why I like I've been learning mine more because I wanna do songs in my language so I can one, like, I feel connected to it, and two, like, it's, like, a better way to, like, express yourself in your art and connect to, uh, like, those ancient ways and and also, yeah. like, like, bring it into, like, the, like, modern context. And, like, I, I feel like using, like, like he said, with traditional instruments, like, it, it helps create, like, like an atmosphere. Like, yeah, it, it right. definitely help, it gives you a distinctness from, like, yeah. other, like, purist bands that, that, kind of just just use the western instruments right, Although, right. Like, even, even those have other origins like the guitar is an african instrument like a lot of people don't don't realize that 
Uh-huh. Yeah, the guitar, banjo, all that yeah. stuff. Even like like lots of drums and stuff. The comes, yeah. Yeah. And uh and you know, like to me, like that's why like, I'm kind of obsessed with trying to blend it, you know what I mean? It's just figuring out how to blend it. Because like I remember I was telling you I wanted to modify the modify some of the instruments to make them amplify. Right. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, restore them, you know what I mean? Like modify them because you know, I'm like, well, how can we make these instruments better? You know what I mean? Like, because to me, you know, someone has to think about that at some point. Like, okay. What can we do? What can we do these You know, and that's what I think about. Like maybe, maybe hook a magnet to them. You know, like they do, like have pickups to the rattle. You know, right. and shape it. You know what I mean? Then the vibration from the rattle goes through the magnet into the amplifier. You know, like maybe yeah. that could work. <laughs> hey man, who knows, man. You know what I mean? Hey, it's something to think about, you know what I mean? Because that's how that's how the electric guitar came to be. It's just a mag magnifying the sound waves off the guitar. That you, you imagine like speak. a like an amplified death whistle or like a wind whistle. Yeah, <laughs> amplified death whistle, amplified rattle, whatever that thing your daughter was beating on. Right. <laughs> that your daughter your daughter was beating on that you were showing her the other day. Oh yeah, I forgot oh, what that thing was called. Oh, the drum? Yeah, what is that? Is it what type of drum is that? It's a, a two tone drum. It's called a, a tepal nasty. There's like two types of uh, like Mesoamerican drums: the the tepal uh-huh. and then like the the wewets, which are like 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 the upright ones. And like you'll see like a lot of Mexica dancers using them and stuff. They use both, but you see like the wewets a lot more commonly now. Uh huh. Yeah, like like imagine that all of them amplified, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're already loud too, man. Like you know how loud they are. Like, oh, you yeah. hear them all, all, like, oh. all throughout where they're playing. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like cause me, I just want to see, okay, what can what would the future of like these instruments be? Because you know we can't just leave them restricted to the past. You know we have to like, you know, like, we have the traditional one, and then we got the the, the modernized one where we basically mess around with it and add something to it, like a magnet to like amplify it, and pedals and shit like that, just to see what would happen. Right. You know, like I I see that happening. I just got to figure out how it's gonna happen. And try ingenuity, yeah. <laughs> hey, I think about stuff. Look, at least I think about stuff, Ross. <laughs> hey, Andres, I got a question for you. What do you play, bro? Uh, guitar, drums, guitar. Vocals, a little bit of bass. Uh, I play traditional instruments too. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. Like yeah, awesome. flutes, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Okay. Man. Yeah, you should have him do a guest spot on the Blood Wolf album. Hey, who knows, man? Yeah. Hey, it could happen. That'd be cool. Yeah. Record some intro or just something using like some traditional instruments. That'd be sick. That'd be oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Do like have a, a, hey, do like a roots album, bro. <laughs> do a black metal roots album. <laughs> black and death roots album. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Remember we talked about uh, doing Bloody Roots, Matt? Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah um, we could have done a decent job of that, I think. Yeah, we could have done it. If we, if we did, like, seriously, if we do the colonize down, we got to get Matt on it somewhere. We have to have Matt on it somewhere. <laughs> it could just be a random, like, sample of me, like, doing spoken word or something. Uh, oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Like we'll do, we'll do that. We'll do an indigenous song about Aboriginals, because I know, because Matt's really. I don't want to be. I. <laughs> I don't want to be like. I don't want to. I. I, I don't want to come off as like the 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 white savior of, of, of that. Like as if like that's my issue. But I mean, it is an issue I care a lot about. You know, as. Uh, well, really? I mean, you know, given like my heritage, but I still like. You know, I like. It's more like a guilt thing, if anything, <laughs> you know. Like white Australians are pretty guilty about, feel pretty fucking guilty about that shit. So yeah, Man, and I also do like to tie it as part of like tied together as part of like you know the global like struggle against um like colonialism and neocolonialism. For sure. Yeah, we could do we could do a song about the nuclear bomb being detonated on Australia. Yeah. Right. And the impact they had on the environment and how the indigenous people were affected by it. We could do a song about that and have you just kind of be that pissed off activist that's like, yeah. that's just kind of like yelling your head off. Oh, I already have like a spiel that, uh, that's sort of about that that I want to put on my next album. Uh, either that or I could put it on, on uh, a collaboration with you, with you guys. But um, oh, yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah, cause I'm gonna tell you, Matt. Matt, without I think Matt, Matt really helped me come up with new symbols. You know what I mean? Like that turtle, the anarchist turtle. That was all Matt. Matt influenced. Wait, was that my idea? I thought that was your no, idea. No, no, I'm saying you influenced it. You know what I mean? You influenced. Oh, it. You remember our anarchist yeah. Combos? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, I'm. I, the, the ideology of decolonized was kind of from both of us. Definitely dig that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he was me and him would be sitting here talking about anarchism and communism, and then, you know, in between songs, and Martin's over here like, "Well, y'all stop talking and play the song." <laughs> Remember, she get irritated with us. Over here. Yeah. We'd be over here just talking about it, having these deep discussions. Because to be mean? fair, we weren't that good at the actual music. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't that good at the actual music. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It was, it was, it was good times, though. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm excited for whatever um, comes out of the project in the future. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I would, personally, I would if Matt could if I could have I would probably put Matt in a suitcase and brought him with me to New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he'd probably fit well over here. And we're fine. All this over, you know. Yeah. So you know, Matt planted that seed, and just everything came full circle. Mm -hmm. Yep. And some and, crazy um, synchronicities, man. For sure, you know, for sure. You know, because I feel like, you know, I look at everything that's happened to me over the years, like me finding stuff, like getting into 
from severing like Native Metal, meeting Raw, Suspended, you Andre, you know, Matt, and then like finding the Indigenous Action podcast, Metal Cave, all of these, all of these different things that connect all of that stuff together. You know, I feel like all of that happened for a reason to like refine out decolonize vision, you know? Right. You know. <laughs> And look at us, we're here because, you know, of metal, you know, yeah. about yeah. it, you know, it's universal, you know. For sure. Yeah. Hey, Ross, what do you think of Metal Cave? Do you think they're doing a good job of, like, spreading the indigenous uh, metal gospel around? I think so, you know. You know, I think, you know, they could do a little more, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy, you know, with how they represent themselves. You know, and and and, uh, and res metal. You know what I mean. So I've been digging a lot of stuff that's been coming out of them, the metal cave. You know. So yeah, I'm happy with it. You know what I mean. Yeah, that's where I discovered Homeland. At. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I sent and I and I remember I told you about him, and I said, Ross, you need to send your demo, your album to uh, Metal Cave. Right. And they get, they put it up there for sure, and it's doing great up there. Yeah. And uh, so you know, because they got they got my de- they got the colonized demo up there, and it's doing well. So and uh, so yeah. And uh, like I'm glad that they exist because you know it's kind of like the hot spot for indigenous metal now. You know what I mean? For real. Before, yeah. You know we have to search for hours for bands. Uh-huh. For indigenous bands, you know what I mean? We had to search for hours to find them. And now, you know, they're all in one place thanks to Metal Cave. Right. Good to have um, like a, a unit. That much easier, you know. Yeah, I remember for that back in the day, and it was just it was hard to find like any any like native metal bands because I wanted to hear stuff that resonated more with me and right. like 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 my experience with with uh growing up even though i was i was i'm like an urban native like i still like knew my roots and i wanted and i i know i found metal like when when i was after like my grandpa passed away and like i got really depressed and i was just kind of lost and just trying to find like like some meaning and i was really angry and i just wanted to to like find like an outlet that that wasn't like that that was like healthier and like you know that resonated more with me and like because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like all the all like the regular stuff but I wanted like something more like that, that I felt a little just like a little more connected with you know mm-hmm. and like and like native metal really was that and like or like indigenous metal because you know you got bands in Mexico that that, that write, write about like pre-Hispanic things and you know that do songs in novel that and, sure. and like well a lot of the blood Stuff, you know, a lot of the blood. Well, one of the songs, the most of the songs on the Blood Wolf album, you know, you know, deal, you know, with that such thing, you know. I think, you know, the, you know, perfect way to s- describe it is like the human condition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because the songs deal with, you know, you know, uh, perfect example, clergy of sin. That's a song about. Uh, uh pedophile priests you know yeah and you know and how the pope you know absolved them from any crimes you know 
and that the Vatican support supports these these monsters. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of one of the topics I sing about. And another one is uh, Fish to the Sky, which is my experience when I uh, went up to Standing Rock. So, you know, so that's just a little song about that whole 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 war up there, you know. Tell us about your time at Standing Rock. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. And I, I saw, you know, you know, and, you know, and just the way, you know, that, you know, that the public as a whole doesn't really care, you know, you know, about Indian issues and, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, you know, that was a perfect example, you know, of militarized police being the fuck out of, you know, you know, people who are fighting for water, you know, there's something wrong with that, you know, <laughs> for sure. It shows you what side they're on. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of the songs, you know, really hit, you know, of stuff that's going on. It's pertinent, you know, to, to uh, you know, everyone pretty much, you know, you know, you know, what we go through, the emotions and, you know, there's even a song on there called Husband Scorn, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, some of us are unlucky in love, unlucky in marriage. So that was just kind of a song where the, where the guy wins this time, the husband wins this time, you know. Mm-hmm. You um, fucking bitch! <laughs> <laughs> James, that, uh, yeah. That, yeah, that, a song, you know, you'll know exactly what we, we, we're saying and what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, some of, the, some of the songs that Blood Wolf writes is, you know, this is inspired by how I see the world, how I, how I you know, you know, perceive things, you know, you know, on and off the res, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, a lot of influence, you know, of the stuff Res Metals comes, you know, comes out with, you know, the music, the uh, topic, you know, and I think it's just really cool, you know. Yeah. Just a lot of perspective, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, when he took, you know, staying in Rock, you know, uh, people may think, oh, it's just a protest. No, that was war. Yeah. Like, we yeah. didn't have... Our modern technology, like our cell phones and social media, they would just kill everybody. Oh yeah, that's the same Like right now, like 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 so many people have been arrested just defending sacred sites along the the, the that apartheid border that that they they have. Uh-huh. Like they they destroyed so many like so many places and like a lot of people you know they put their lives on the line defending like their their ancestors' remains and. For sure, and, uh, man. Defending sacred places that, that that are under attack all over Turtle Island. For sure, man. For sure. You know what? I, I got a question for you, Andre. How did the Zapatista the Zapatista movement sustain itself so long? You know, what I mean, without them getting annihilated by the Mexican military. A lot of it was guerrilla warfare like to be honest like a lot of them like hid out in the mountains and like you know they they held out for for years and years and you know it's 
it's hard to to fight an organized force that uh, and they had a lot of popularity in the indigenous communities uh, mm -hmm. against the, the the government forces so there, there was a lot of solidarity like a lot of people looking out for each other and a lot of people helping with like food and and like a lot of them they all they they use those guerrilla tactics and they, they they took their time and they stayed hidden for like years and years until finally got had these big uprisings in like the the 90s and up until today right yeah i think that all has to go but goes back to pride you know in one's self and one's people you know and you know and they're you know as indigenous people you know we're still fighting, you know, everywhere in the world, you know what I mean? Indeed. And I think, you know, the oppression, the struggle of the past and present resonates inside the met the music, you know what I mean, that we all make, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it resonates in there, you know, and like the music, you know, we're not out out there with guns and all that fighting on the front lines, you know, we're writing music about it. Right. And expressing yeah. our frustrations against it, against what the what, what the governments, you know, that that rule us, you know what I mean, are doing to the indigenous people in the land, you know. Yeah. And you know, it amazes me how far native metal has traveled. It's traveled all, it's made it all the way down to South America. And um, and I'm just so happy that it's made it that far. Well they have right. you know, similar issues, right? So, I mean, the, the whole, like, you know, the, the whole colonial, quote unquote, new world, right? I think that there's a uh, common cause throughout it, right? Yeah, I think it was just a matter of time with, with South America because they have, they have such a rich history and there's such a brutal legacy of colonialism and genocide, especially like in, in Brazil, there's, 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 a, there's the Mapuche, struggles yeah. in uh, Chile. There's like all the, the Quechua's and Aymara's and spread throughout various countries. Right. And I think it was just a matter of time, you know, because metal has been popular in Brazil for a long time, ever since the, like the di dictatorships fell. Because I, right. I watched this documentary, uh, Global Metal, where it went, went into like uh, metal in, in Brazil and like people were like really wanting to hear like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Scorpions. Uh -huh. And just a few years later, like after the dictatorships fall, you have like Sepultura, uh, oh, yeah. Sarcophago, and Mystifier, all, all those bands coming out. And yeah. uh, Mystifier is still going too. Right. You have all, you know, so many, there's a great metal scene in, in, in Brazil and all those, those places. Even like Chile has a bunch of bands oh. going coming out. Indonesia yeah. has like so many like raw black metal bands and death mm -hmm. metal coming out too. And I feel like, you know, the Brazilian bands, you know, a lot of them understand the struggle of indigenous people. You know what I mean? Because I've seen tons of indigenous thrash, crossover thrash, crest punk bands, all showing solidarity with the indigenous people of the land against Bolsonaro, who we all want to kill, you know? But <laughs> anyway, thank you. <laughs> So, you know, seeing that solidarity is beautiful to me because I feel like the American bands, like, it wasn't, I feel like it wasn't until Standing Rock 
that a lot of bands started showing more solidarity towards the indigenous people. Right. Yeah. Because we had Fit for an Autopsy, so you had um, Lamb of God writing a song about the Sand and Rock resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a long time know, ago, that wasn't maybe, happening. Sandy, I mean, Sandy Rock wasn't the first time, you know, it's been happening, you know, ever since colonial struggle. Sandy Rock is just, you know, everybody's starting to, you know, Okay. Yeah, I think it was like a catalyst type of movement that had been building up for a long time. Yeah, like it, it just woke people up. You know what I mean? Like AIM didn't do it. Standing <laughs> Rock sure as hell did, you know? And a lot of these bands, you know what I mean? Like Phil Fortnite Topsy, most notably, you know, they were over here donating m money from their record sales to Standing Rock. Right. And, you know, I remember I came went to DC to protest up there and came back and there was this music video and it had native people in it and I was like, what's this? And then I saw it was a standing rock protest protest uh video done by Fit for an autopsy. And you know, it just made me respect that band even more because they showed solidarity with us, you know. And I didn't see that enough, you know what I mean? Out of the American bands. You know what I mean? Since I was a kid, I never seen any of them show much solidarity. Oh yeah, yeah little bits like like Testament, like Anthrax, like that was about it. Like it wasn't there yeah. wasn't very much up and, until that. You know, yeah, and you know, and to me, you know, I feel like you know Testament and Anthrax, you know, their reasoning behind it is because you know their singers were indigenous. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If you didn't have an indigenous member. In your band, chances are you would never ever talk about an indigenous topic. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like <laughs> Iron Maiden, like like Run for the Hills, but that's kind of a yeah, there's that too. Example. Yeah, but you know, Iron Maiden was more like a they more they wrote about history a lot. You know, some of the songs. Yeah, wrote about history song, in general. Yeah. I feel like, you know, with Run to the Hills, it was about telling Custard, saying, telling Custard, you better run because we're coming to kill your ass. Yeah. That's what I think about when I hear that song. What do you think, Ross? <laughs> I think I think the video sucks for that song. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Seeing the music video. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I remember the music video. I don't yeah. remember I don't remember it enough to be set to say that I was impressed, I was impressed by it. Great job. Yeah, I remember a little bit. It, it could have been better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of videos, to be honest. Like, because once I get, like, an idea of a song in my head, like, I kind of, I kind of like how I'm, like, picturing it, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like music, and also some music videos are so, like, tongue-in-cheek and so, like, parasocial, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, it's just kind of, like, winking at you, and it's just, like, obnoxious like one of like like pop punk music videos for example i think are the most evil thing like designed by satan i swear to god <laughs> hey i have i might have i'm gonna have to agree with you on that man <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not a big pop punk guy either i don't know how my no, brother i don't even find the music i just like when i look at the video i'm just like okay you're evil you're just evil like, <laughs> Right. You hear that, Ross? Pop yeah. punk is more evil than death metal <laughs> and black metal. Yeah. Definitely, man. I think you could say that. Yeah, for certain. 
that like they they don't even have they don't even have to burn churches anymore. They just just go. You don't even have to listen to black metal. You're scared. Just go watch a pop punk music video. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, I'm you know like to me like music videos like some of them are good. You know, some of them represent what I see in my head. Some mm-hmm. of them don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get this so disappointed when they don't when they don't do the music video right. Yeah. Like I hate it when they just do the con- the whole like band performance music video. Uh huh. I like, mean, sometimes those are good enough though. Yeah, those are good enough. They're well edited. Like, you know, like I kind of prefer that to some music videos. Yeah, that's his little daughter. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Her cub, his cub, res metal warrior in training. Yeah. You <laughs> know, uh, but you know, like I don't like the performance music video because I'm like, you know, if you're right. You got a song that's telling a story. Why don't you portray that in a music video instead of like doing the whole performance music video where it's just you on the stage in front of a concert? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like me, I can see this title track to the Blood Wolf album, Blood Wolf being a concert music video. Check, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that song, you know, like if you listen to the song Blood Wolf, the title track, mm-hmm. that song, you know, is Ross that like Ross like said, we are wolf pack. We don't belong, we don't belong, but good, you know, something like that. <laughs> you know, that's what Ross was, was singing about, you know, and he was, you know. Talking about all the fans, all the all the native metalheads, you know, don't feel like we're like we're blood wolves, we're red wolves, you know what I mean? And we're outcasts of society, you know. That song that song was about metalheads in general, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. you know, who look you know, we get looked at down upon or like get looked at funny, you know, because of you know, the way we dress and you know, the way we wear our hair or whatever, you know. So that was just kinda a homage to you know, just be yourself and fuck what everybody thinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when I hear songs like that, like I can see that whole concert vibe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we got a clergy of sin song. It's got to be Ross sitting in a Catholic church confronting a Catholic (laughs) Catholic priest. (laughs) You know what I mean? Pre-video ideas. Or <laughs> yeah, like husband school. We gotta see Ross chase the woman out the house with a knife. <laughs> I feel like that's not the image that you want of no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at, at least show at least show like a like a husband pissed off throwing his wife's clothes out of the house. Right, right. Like at least show Ross doing that. <laughs> And then the man pops up, and then Ross be like, "Oh, here we go." He gets the little bad eye and be like, "Oh, you could come get some, motherfucker." Come <laughs> <laughs> you pissed me off. <laughs> but yeah, with like music videos, like not really being what I hoped they they were, like it kind of makes me want to make my own. Just like when I see a horror movie and it, it doesn't really live up to the hype, like yeah. it makes me like I want to make my own. Like I, I want to see what I what I wanted to see. Uh-huh. Not like what like is being shown to me because it, it really didn't live up to what I put what I, I hope for. Right. Question goes all the way around, man. Jamie, we'll start with you, man. What's your favorite horror movie, man? 
Oh, great. <laughs> oh, this one. Uh, if you had a pick one. I have to say, uh, what is that move? What's that? I think it's, um, I have to say Candyman right now. Candyman? I like Candyman. That's cool. I like but that movie really left an impact on me. I got nine man. What do you say? You say it left, left an impact on you, Andre? Yeah, I was a fucking nightmares as a kid. Like I, I was freaked out. Like for, I like not not really today anymore, but like back when I was a kid, like that shit freaked me out. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, man! You know, coming out of the freaking scene. What about you, Andre? Uh, I've been I've been watching rewatching Hellraiser a lot lately. Sweet. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, like the Cenobites and like uh, all that like weird mysticism that they had. Right, right. Uh, uh, it's hard to pick a favorite, man. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm really there's so many, so many out there. Yeah. You know, what yeah. about you, Matt? Oh, well, I don't have an absolute favorite, but the one, but one that's jumping to mind right now is Blair Witch. I quite like Blair Witch Project. That, that was a cool movie, man. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. I seen yeah. like the second one. <laughs> I did see the second. The second one's not as good, but it did. Yeah, no. uh, you know, it was more commercial. The second one, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, I like. Um, also, another movie that really just jumped in my head. I love the old Wolfman. Yeah. Oh yeah, that has a vibe to it. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, like, like it's the- only an hour long, but it has a vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. I like the old Nosferatu. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's just creepy. Yeah, it is. I, I like the the one that Willem Dafoe did. The um, fuck, what's it called? Shadow of the Vampire. That, that was a good one. Oh yeah. yeah, that made me think it was real when I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was real. Wasn't that real life vampire? <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah, it made me wonder that. You know, like holy shit, maybe there's some truth to this. Yeah. You know? And uh, and then. Um, Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein has a vibe, has yeah, a strange that's... vibe to it. But the Wolfman, though, that Wolfman movie, that yeah. that movie is like I, I felt that movie. <laughs> I felt, <laughs> I felt <laughs> sorry for him. <laughs> Isn't there is there one uh, uh, called Wolfman versus Frankenstein, right? Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few crossover ones where they're right. crossover Wolfman versus Dracula, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And then I like the hammer like a, movie. Like a reboot of the like they're trying to do this like um uh what's it called? Like like cinematic dark universe or something where with like uh-huh. connected like uh like monster movies and shit. Yeah, I don't know how that's. I don't think it's going well after they. No, did the it's not. The mummy didn't. The mummy didn't turn out like I hoped. I was. I was hoping that movie would turn out well, but I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed. Like man, like Ross, did you see the new mummy? The mummy. Yeah, yeah. With Tom Cruise. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. I didn't really yeah, care. The girl mummy. Yeah. Yeah, like I was disappointed. <laughs> For sure. Like, how now, Ross? Um, if there was an indigenous horror film, right? 
Mm-hmm. What would it be? What would it be like? What would be like the catalyst for the indigenous horror film? Indigenous horror film. I think a good old fucking fashion zombie apocalypse would be. Yeah. Pretty cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's a movie like that. It's called uh yeah, it's called Black Corner. I mean, there's already like like the indigenous uh, the ancient like Indian burial ground is already kind of like a trope and like yeah, and like a pet cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's that guys, obviously. It turned out pretty good. It's uh, like the Shining, idea. I think too hinted at that. Um, it wasn't like the main theme of The Shining, but it was in there. There were like yeah, especially yeah. in the book, like all the blood represents like all like the indigenous yeah, people that that yeah. were like murdered at that site and that and they, they talk about like like in passing like they they had to repel like some attacks because it was built on a on sacred burial ground yeah um, no and i mean like they also made like um jack torrance like a reactionary like kind of racist guy so it was like it was like a commentary on on that as well yeah i read the book like when I think of indigenous horror, I just imagine shapeshifters. That too, like 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 uh like skinwalkers or like uh Nawalis or right. Yeah, like I imagine shapeshifters, like not skinwalkers, shapeshifters, just straight shapeshifters. Yeah, that's more so what we have. Like they're not like like a good or a bad thing. And like some people I've seen people make some pretty profound art because there's like ancient art of like like of like jaguar men like they're like half jaguar half half man and like they, they talk about like sorcerers that could turn into like eagles or snakes or dogs all sorts of like yeah like, the old, like that like the old pantera album covers <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Wait, wait what you saying, man? You're saying somebody turned they turned somebody into a snake on that Great Southern Trinket album? No, no, no. I, mean, I met, I met, uh, like Lamptera. Like, like remember? Lamptera? Yeah, uh, like the Panther man. Black metal albums, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's oh, what yeah. That means it means Panther. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, like when I was, like, um. Um, when I think of that, you know, like, I always, you know, I mean, you were talking about the Red Wolf Society, Andre? Yeah. Like, look, like, the story for, like, the sequel, I always just saw us all shape-shifting into wolves. These gigantic, evil, humanoid wolves, and we were just on a killing spree. That's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were just killing people. We were just killing, like, colonial invaders. And, you know, like, I just remember just seeing it, like, the whole time, you don't know how all this stuff is happening until you see the end. And it scares the living shit out of everybody. Like, I just imagine the eyes changing and getting big and turning yellow and the face changing, you know what I mean? Hey, like, so, like, um, no, no, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, do y'all do, do think we have enough? Um, because we've been recording for a couple hours and, like, I'm kind of tired. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you think we got enough, Ross? I think so, you know. I think the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because, you know, one, you know, Resmo is close to my heart, and I just love the fact that I'm seeing so many, finding so many bands just popping up, like right in the middle of 2019 to 2020. 
Yeah. Like rising out of the out of the gate, you know what I mean? And you know, like all around, kind of like the same time, like the colonized and blood wolf came out, you know. And yeah. you know, I feel like you know, the 2020s is going to be a big decade for indigenous metal. I, hope I feel so. like it is too. Like <laughs> I love finding new, new native indigenous metal bands. You know, it inspires me to want to make my own stuff. Sure. I, I I feel like it's really cool. Like it's a really good outlet to like just like reclaim our power, who we are, and and it's just like like it's very unexplored still too. Like there's still like room for a lot lot more exploration and in, in, into that into like the sounds and then okay. into the, the and there's, there's like you don't really run out of topics really. You can, you can pull from like your contemporary experience. You can pull from from ancient things. Yeah, you know, inspiration is everywhere. You know. Yeah, you can even pull from nature because you got those oh, yeah. nature fans like you're out there talking about nature all day long. Like you know, like you can do. You can talk about nature. You can talk about spiritual side. You can talk about indigenous issues, or you can talk about tell stories of old or tell the history. You know. And I'm just happy to see these how far indigenous metal is coming because it's not just talking about one topic of it's not just talking about resistance. It's talking about depression, suicide, alcoholism, you know, the horrors of reservation movement. Talk about that stuff. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you know to see it manifest, you know, coming out and all these bands just. Just healing themselves through this music, you know. I feel like the ancestors, you know what I mean. They would be really down with this music. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And um, but I think that's I think that's all we can say. You got any more anything else to say, Ross? Uh, in closing, you know, it's just you know, I'm like I like I said again, and I'm glad res metal, indigenous metal in general, is starting to get noticed. And like I said, you know. You know, us as indigenous musicians, man, you know, we, we always won't get the uh, recognition, you know, that res metal deserves. And, um, you know, I'm glad, you know, we're starting to kick down those doors, you know, as far as, you know, getting noticed, you know, maybe one day we'll go mainstream. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But that's the cool part about res metal is, you know, you're always kicking down those fucking doors, you know, so... You know, whoever's listening, whoever's, you know, in an indigenous band, you know, keep it up, you know, keep it up, man. Don't give up. Yeah, indeed, right. you know. Yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. Thank you. And, I, and, and th- hey, thank you, Ross, for coming on our show. Hey, yeah, thank you nice for having me, man. Great meeting you, Matt, Andre. You know, pretty cool, man. Thank you for having me, bye. Oh, you're welcome. You know what I mean? I, oh, yeah. I, I, you, we had to have you at least at some point in time. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, humble. I'm humble. Mm-hmm. And for anyone wanting to check out Ross's band, Blood Wolf, you can find them on YouTube, on Metal. Just put, just put Blood Wolf in, it'll pop up. Put Blood Wolf Band, or you can put Blood Wolf Metal K, the whole album will pop up. I might, oh, be, yeah. I might be able to link them in the description too. Yeah, put that in the description. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, and, and right. right now, right now, currently, Blood Wolf is still, you know, 
regrouping. We had to fire our bases back in 2019, so we're still, you know, playing low because of the pandemic, and we'll be back soon. We got great music written. Can't wait to share it. It's sweet, you know, and also the old band camp. There might not be any pictures of the right now, but we got some new friends about our own business. Yeah, we can be able to listen to the album and get into it. We're on the lookout for that, for that, that special edition of Love Good Violence. How that comes out? <laughs> that blood red violence, that blood red splatter around the black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>